0: It's Curious City reporter Adriana Cardona-Maguigad. Halloween is a pagan holiday celebrating the end of the harvest season. It's a period of transition when, some say, the veil that separates the physical world from the spirit world is lifted. This week, we're going to dive into the mysterious world of unexplained phenomena, like feeling a presence when no one is there. Objects randomly falling off the shelves. Whispers in the distance. Curious City asked listeners to share their scary or mysterious encounters. Many of you had chilling stories about ghosts in college dormitories. A mountain lion in a Chicago alley. And seeing Resurrection Mary, a well-known hitchhiking ghost on Archer Avenue. But one story really stood out to us. Could there be spirits in this one home on South Canalport, right in the heart of Chicago?
1: One night, it had to be about five in the morning, and it was me and my husband sleeping in the bed, and I had the crib up against the, our bedroom window. My bedroom door was flapping. I never opened my bedroom window because of the baby. She sits up at the crack of dawn and she says, stop it, Papa.
0: And I I jumped, I jumped up. I would what? In this episode, we follow Estelle Lozano and her mother, Margot as they walk us through strange happenings in their East Pilsen home.
2: My first beagle, he would just randomly at like, you know, 3.30 at night, not every night, but every once in a while, he would just go into the hallway at night. His hair would stand up on the back of his back and he would start ferociously barking into the hallway and he would like back up as he was barking. Like if there was someone there, you know, it was just pitch black. There was no one there, like everyone was sleeping.
0: For years, Estelle's mother has witnessed strange things in their house. Objects randomly falling off the bathroom sink and the CD player suddenly playing music on its own. Estelle and Margot want to know if there are spirits in their house What's the connection to the property? To get to the bottom of this mystery, we invited Mauricio Pena, a journalist here in Chicago who will help us with some research. Reporting on unexplained phenomena isn't our usual beat. We always rely on public records and evidence-based accounts as we report other stories. But this time, we're letting people share their experiences of the paranormal. Do you believe in ghosts? Like, How do you feel about that?
3: I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like sometimes maybe I do, sometimes I don't. I think, like, there's instances where things are unexplainable, and other times there's, like, logical explanations for things, but, like, I don't know. I, I don't think we can always have the answers to everything. Um, how about you? Do you believe in fantasmas?
0: You know, I want to believe in fantasmas and ghosts. <laughs> it would be fun if they, they were around. <laughs> As we look deeper and try to find answers for the family, we'll also explore East Pilsen's history and the area's many transformations. More on that coming up after the break. I think the next the next house over, maybe? Yeah. I met up with Mauricio on a recent morning outside Estel Lozano's home in East Pilsen.
3: We're on Canalport, just east of the highway. You can hear the humming of the traffic just zooming by overhead. There's a collection of older homes, newer constructions.
0: Oh, I think it's right here. Like other parts of the neighborhood... The area where the Lozano's house is located has witnessed many changes dating back more than a century. Pilsen has always been a working-class community, and in the late 1800s, it was home to European immigrants who came to the U.S. looking for better jobs. They found work in meat processing plants, sweatshops, breweries, and the rail yards. Most people worked long hours under deplorable conditions— Many families were poor and lived in cramped and overcrowded buildings. The Lozano's home was built many years later, in the early 1990s, as part of an effort to help longtime residents stay in the community and revitalize the east side of Pilsen, which historically has been more industrial. Aside from the Lozano's, no one else has lived in this house. Oh hi! How are you? Is the <laughs> come hey. on in. Oh, Good morning. Good We're morning. We're trying to do some last-minute
1: cleaning.
0: We'll oh my gosh! Yeah. The Lozanos' like home is cozy. I mean, you can smell the cleaner as you go inside. Purple curtains oh, block the sunlight, making the living room look dark and shadowy. There is a portrait of Margot on her wedding day behind an old red radio. Though the house is relatively new, it has an old vibe. Uh, It's full of relics stocked in various corners, like artifacts in a museum. A cold breeze comes in through the windows. Margot has a warm personality. She makes you feel like someone you've known for a very long time. I can honestly say that there have been things
1: that have happened early in life that now we can look back and say, I believe in the paranormal. Maybe I attract spirits, I don't know. (laughs) But whatever spirits that may be, they're good spirits.
0: When she first moved into that house, she started noticing things she couldn't explain, things that startled her. There were a
1: lot of nights that I would see somebody's cowboy boots. I could see the shadow from the other side because I have about an inch opening under the door so with the light being on it would gleam into my room from the bottom and i could see a shadow of somebody's boots men's boots and like if he was leaned up against my
0: hallway door still Margot's daughter says she also witnessed something extremely unusual when she was about nine years old
2: it was a, during daytime and it was a fairly nice day so probably around this time of the year sometime between August and October.
0: She was playing hide-and-seek with her brother and her cousin.
2: I was hiding in this bathroom right here, right here in this bathroom. And uh, my cousin, he came in looking, you know, seeking. So I'm hiding, he's seeking, and he comes up to this door right here against this wall, which is to the basement. He tries to open that basement
0: door... Well, she's peeking at him from across the hallway.
2: Because I'm trying to see if I'm going to get caught. (laughs) And I saw him opening, trying to open the door, and he pushes it, and he's shaking the door, and I could see that it's like he can't turn it. Now, that door doesn't have a lock. It's never had a lock. There's no way to lock it or anything like that. Um, And I hear him, and he's like, Come on, come on, Stell! I found Gus, my brother. I found Gus already. I know it's you. Like, I found you. Open, Open the door. She's confused because...
0: She's looking at him as he struggles with the basement door. So she
2: comes out of her hiding place and calls out to her cousin. So I open the door to the bathroom and say, Johnny, it's, I'm here and it's not me. And he just looks at me and goes, well then who is it? And as he does that, this uh, basement door just creaks open. After he was struggling to open it and he couldn't even turn the handle and I promise there was there has never been a lock on that door there's no way for it to not turn unless someone's holding it no one was in the basement and my brother who was hiding upstairs he heard this and so he was peeking down here from the banister and we all just kind of witnessed this situation happen happened in like i don't know like 30 40 seconds but in that moment we just we just all looked at each other and kind of freaked out and ran out the door and we just played outside for the rest of the day
0: There have been times when Margot hears the creaking sound of someone walking up the stairs and stopping right in the hallway.
1: And I don't know if it's a them or one. I don't know, but I was never spooked
0: by what I saw. Estelle and her mother Margot aren't the only ones experiencing odd things around their house. Margot's youngest daughter also noticed strange noises and the feeling that someone was there. Over the years, they all got used to it. Strange things would happen, they'll get goosebumps, and then move on. They wouldn't talk about it much. Margot's husband and son have always dismissed the idea of spirits living there.
1: My my son or my husband would always say I'm crazy, I'm hallucinating. They said stop taking your drugs, Mom but that's
2: not what it is. On some
0: know, occasions still try to find more logical explanations to justify their experiences.
2: I have my own room, my brother has his own room and my parents are here and we have dogs, so like if I heard steps on going up and down, I just I didn't think about it past that I was like, Oh it must be somebody else in the house. But I still began wondering
0: if there are spirits here are they? Stealth's partner Paul
2: began searching for old newspaper clips. And so he just looked looked up the address and seen if there was any fires or anything. And he found some really old articles saying that um, there was a fire here and that a little boy had, had perished in the fire. And when he said that, it just snapped in my head. I was like, oh, my God, that's who was playing hide and seek with me all those years ago.
0: That fire happened in the late
2: 1800s. As soon as he said it, I just, I just had that, just instant feeling like, oh my God, we were playing hide and seek with a little boy, like a little ghost. He wasn't trying to scare yes. us. He wasn't to try trying too. to like connote his sadness. Too. I think he, yeah. you know, if I was a ghost child and I saw some kids playing and I was lonely, I'd go and play with them too.
0: Sometimes Margot talks to them, tells them it's bedtime.
1: Knock it off! You're scaring me. So then it stopped, and I I haven't
0: heard nothing since. Maybe their experiences are just simple coincidences. An old basement door that got stuck and wouldn't open, a cat going up the stairs making creaking sounds, or a dog that just wanted to bark at 3 in the morning. But if, in fact, there are spirits here, who are they? Mauricio and I are exploring all possibilities, That includes sorting through property records, going through old news articles, and, stay with me here, trying to make contact with the other side. More on that coming up after the break. Pilsen has a rich cultural history. Around the 1950s, Mexican immigrants began settling in the area, as longtime European residents relocated to the suburbs. Many Mexican families arrived straight from Mexico. Others moved there, displaced by large construction projects, including the Stevenson Expressway and the University of Illinois at Chicago. The Dan Ryan runs about a block west of the Lozano's home and was built in the late 1950s. Margo grew up on 19th and Troop.
1: My parents owned the building for 57 years. And I'm honored to
0: say, yes, they were the first Mexican family to own. She knew most of her neighbors. Some were even like family. Growing up, she was involved in her community socially and politically. She raised her family here. Margot has also watched gentrification change the neighborhood dramatically in recent years. Her daughter, still wants families like theirs
2: to stay in the community. Any of the buildings going just a little bit west that are, you know, 100 plus years old, they need so much work that when, peop- when developers were showing up with checks, wrote out to cash for like $500,000 plus, people just took it and Moved to the suburbs and so like you would see brand new buildings sprout up within six months like just on this block you could see about four new buildings and I think most of them popped up within the last year.
0: The where de los Anos home is located on South Canal Port is also a symbol of change over the decades.
1: I remember as a child this was empty.
0: When she and her husband bought the lot, she wanted to know what was there before. This was the first
1: group of homes that were have been built in 50 years.
0: When her kids played in the yard,
1: they would find rubble and concrete. When they built the expressway, they knocked down everything that was in in the way. <laughs> so, and then I guess that when they did build the expressway in 1955, Part of the area, this part of, of Pilsen, the east side of Pilsen, didn't get developed.
0: Like they didn't continue, they stopped building. Margo says the real estate agent she spoke with years ago said there was a fire there. There was a building here
1: before, she says, but she says there was a fire and um, just that, there was a fire
0: and a couple of people have perished. Mauricio and I looked up the history of the neighborhood and the area where the Lozano's home was built. We searched property records with the Cook County Clerk's Office, reached out to city officials, and even visited the Special Collections Division at the Harold washington Library. Mauricio, this is a lot of research.
3: Yeah, it was pretty hard to find some records because of poor record-keeping and an overhaul of the city's address system around 1908. But we were able to track down a list of owners that used to live on the Lozano's current property dating back to the late 1800s. Unfortunately, that didn't tell us much. But like Paul, Estelle's boyfriend, we found that old news article from June of 1886. It says a fire ripped through several buildings on Canalport Avenue and 18th Street, suffocating nine people. That intersection is roughly 1,000 feet from the Lasanos' home, so pretty close. Among the victims were Michael Murphy, his wife Anna Murphy, the Murphy's three daughters, and Anna's sister, Mary Turkins, who had a four-year-old son.
0: Wow, that could be the spirit of the little boy in Margo and Estelle's house.
3: Could be, but there isn't much information on him. The other mystery to this story is how the fire started.
0: Can you walk us through what happened there?
3: Yeah, so Thomas Durkin, Mary's husband, became a prime suspect after police found rags soaked in kerosene under the Durkin's family's second-story window. The investigation spanned years, but Durkin was eventually cleared since he appeared to be in Suburban Juliet at the time. Others would later be arrested but released due to a lack of evidence, so no one was ever charged for the crime. Adriana, you were able to track down someone who used to live right next to the Lasanos property decades ago. Did you find out anything there?
0: Yeah, I spoke to Jesse Luna. His family moved right next door in the 70s. His parents and other siblings lived there for about 20 years.
3: So the first floor of our house was formerly a grocery store that had existed in since the 50s, I would assume. And then on the second floor was where we lived.
0: I wanted to know if there were any accidents there. Other fires, murders, or significant incidents in or near that property. But Jesse said, not really. The lot where De Los home is today was pretty much Jesse and his siblings' playground.
3: You'd have an expanded area that was off the street that you didn't have to worry about, you know, cars coming by. And you could play hide-and-seek and find, you know, pretty good places and, and run around.
0: Jesse doesn't believe in spirits. He says... Even when he saw shadows in the basement, he simply thought it was the product of his childhood imagination. The historical records didn't give us a lot of concrete information about the connection between the spirits Margot and Estelle said they have felt and the lot where their home was built. So we decided to talk to spiritualists who study the other side. Cheryl Elaine is a member of the Church of the Spirit on Chicago's north side.
4: The most important um, aspects of spiritualism is the fact that we do believe in the continuity of life and that we can communicate with those on the other side. You know, you mentioned the word ghost, and I think that that's not a word that we would use because I don't think it's really accurate. But we're really talking about the soul, the spirit of someone who's who's made their transition. She says when
0: most people die, their spirits do not remain in the same environment or house. She says the spirits often move on. But some souls, she says, might not realize that they have transitioned or that they have died. They do get
4: stuck. They can get stuck. So we have to, and again, this is more for those who are trained to do this work, but in helping them transition to go to the other side, which is where, you know, their life Belongs now.
0: Marco's dad and her brother died years ago. Her mom died recently. Marco says she's felt her presence, but not as intensely as the presence of other spirits in their home. We visited the Church of the Spirit, hoping to find some clues, but we didn't find more information about the house.
4: May I come to you, please? But as I come into your vibration, I want to say that there's a man named Joe Joseph Brown.
0: Our search for answers didn't end there. We reached out to Christina Pusio, a longtime
4: healer who grew up in Pilsen. I am a medium, I connect with energy, spirits. She
0: says she first started noticing her abilities when she was nine years old. Her grandfather was on his deathbed, and she says she could hear him telepathically asking for help. She also says spirits who transition to the other side can make their way back and forth to visit relatives and loved ones.
4: No, yeah, no, I believe that, yeah, that the spirits that have transitioned just in the land in general can still stay there, even though other things are being built there. It's like that energy stays and can linger.
0: We invited Christina to come with us to the Lozano's home to see if she feels spirits living there, and if so, what connection they have to the lot. But we didn't share any information about the fire or what Stella and Margot had previously experienced. Uh, well then, you know, I just wanted to introduce you to, to the family we're profiling. Mm-hmm. And again, we're like just exploring different answers. We just want to like see... Cristina is it, wearing it, a it, colorful rebozo that day. Uh, she takes out her pendulum and walks around the house. We start in the kitchen, and she feels a
4: presence there. When they want to present themselves, they're very quick to do so, but then they kind of retrieve and, you know, like, like leave me alone kind of energy.
0: We then head downstairs into the basement. Christina concentrates. She closes her eyes, walks around. The basement is filled with clothes and boxes with stuff left by De Losano's adult children over the years.
4: I get the same feeling I got when I came in the house. Like there's a strong presence of a little boy and a man. Like the strong presence of a little boy and a man. But they could be related. They could be like child father. But I felt that when I came in the house, and then I felt that again here. I felt like. Kind of like I was caught in a fire, for I couldn't breathe, like, so I don't know, I mean, there must have been something here in the past, it was either a fire, maybe it could have been with, with gas or something that caused people to die here, and like, like sadness, yeah, there's sadness. That same sadness
0: is what Stel said she felt coming from the little boy who tried to play hide-and-seek with her when she was a child. At some point, Christina starts talking
4: to the spirits. I think I acknowledge you. I know you're sad. I feel like the the spirits here are not I see spirits that really want to harm. It's just that they're acting like if they were still alive, right? Like, let me move this, let me do... You know what I mean? Like, they're just interacting with the family here like if they were still alive, even though we know they're not.
0: Christina goes up to the second floor. She feels a lot more energy there, possibly a man.
4: And they're telling me, we welcome those who will only respect us. Okay, well, I respect you. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, they pretty much feel like they're okay here. They, and, but maybe again, the sadness could be maybe some of them are in need of transitioning, right? Because they're feeling that sadness.
0: Eventually, she shares what she felt with the family. Stella and Margot feel validated. That's fine, you know,
1: they love her for free that's fine right <laughs> they're
0: living here rent free And yeah, let me tell you pills is not cheap okay <laughs> so. no, they're also shocked when they hear that christina arrived at the same possibility that a fire broke out many years ago killing an entire family including a boy so is christina on target here are the spirits in the losanos home from a fire that happened in the 1800s or are they simple coincidences and a strong desire to believe that something exists, but we can't quite prove it. Marco doesn't have any doubts. So I do believe in a spirit.
1: I do believe in spirits. Maybe they're, they're, Maybe my, my energy is that strong that they follow me. If so, wonderful, great. I'm happy for that because hey, my love for them has never ended and it probably will, will never end. Mm-hmm. ¶¶
0: As the neighborhood changes, Margot sees friends and neighbors getting priced out of their home, and that's what really haunts her. Property developers continue to creep up the block, but Margot's home is frozen in time. And just like the spirits that have chosen to stay, she wants to stay rooted in her community. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation and is produced by Jason Mark and Jody So. Maggie Sivet is the digital and engagement producer. Susie Ahn is our editor. And Mauricio Peña contributed reporting for this story. Curious City is a production of WBC Chicago and is part of the NPR Network. I'm Adriana Cardona-Maguigad. Thanks for listening.